The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the hosts and the guests. Hello, and welcome to episode 14 of Two Millennials One Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan Gable. And I'm Abby Richmond. And today, we're going to talk about mental health. Before we get started, as always, if you enjoy this show, please subscribe, give us five stars, and tell a friend about us. Let's spread the word of this podcast. We've been doing this relentlessly for 14 weeks, and we want the world to hear. Keep making us famous. We got featured in the newspaper, well, the school newspaper, so we're on our journey, you know? We're growing, no doubt, when the uh, school newspaper's talking about you. You've hit the big time. Next is the Daily Express and the New York Times. One right after the other. Let's do it, kid. (laughs) All right, as I previously stated, today we're talking about mental health, and my young co-host, Millennials Mental Health Sucks. It's rough. Indeed it does. Basically, this podcast is going to feature two parts. We're going to talk about how sucky millennial mental health is, and then we're going to talk about why. And maybe we'll follow that up with what we can do about it. But as always, I dug in, did some research, found some stats. Number one, Psychology Today has stated through studies that millennials have higher rates of anxiety, depression, and suicidal thoughts than the previous generations. Your experience as a millennial, can you see that? Do you think it's prevalent amongst our generation? 110 million percent. I didn't realize it until recently, I guess, but because I'm talking to people more about it, so many kids that I interact with are afflicted by some mental illness. I agree. This has kind of been an awakening for me as well. It's almost to the point where you are the rare individual if you don't experience anxiety or depression or both. And that's truly troubling. That's so sad, but it's so real. That's accurate. And I guess the people who aren't troubled with that would definitely disagree. But I don't know. It's just, it's crazy to open up and to talk to other people about it because you're like, wow, I feel the exact same way that you feel. And it's still a problem because no one's talking about it. I would say that recently we as a generation have begun to talk about it more, but you're exactly right. It's not completely completely out there in the open and it has a a shamefulness to it almost it's not something that you can talk to someone about in all situations I think we both can speak to this because we both have varying degrees of mental health issues or have had them not to throw us out there to our listeners but this is something that even we deal with that's why we're talking about it's important to us and we see this through our friends and our family and it's a scary affliction it's it's really widespread in our generation and it's just concerning Personally, I always have this giant internal struggle of like, I can't show signs of having depression, anxiety, because I'll look like I'm using it as an excuse or like I want attention. But then on the other hand, if I don't show symptoms of them, then I'm not really struggling. Absolutely. I mean, I fall into that same boat. My mental health issues are not things I talk to anyone about. Maybe not from the same or the same reasons you don't want to share them or talk about them, but it's almost from like a societal, I'm a man and I'm supposed to be strong and I'm not supposed to let on to these things. So I don't, I don't share this. And obviously (laughs) keeping these things to yourself is not a way to overcome them or get better. Society doesn't facilitate at the moment seeking out help or talking to someone about mental health issues. Like a lot of people don't know how to deal with it, I guess, not to make it sound like it's something you have to deal with as a bystander, but like if you don't know how to 
handle someone that's having like an anxiety attack or who's really deep into depression it can almost feel like if you are that person struggling with something that you're a burden. And so a lot of the times that's why I don't talk about it is I don't want to change someone else's viewpoint of me or to make them feel like they have to figure something out. I don't want to put that on them. Absolutely. It's heavy and it's super personal. And you're right. You It feels like you're going to burden somebody. So what do we do? What do most people do? We internalize and we struggle and we are in a terrible place and that's just how it is that's why our generation has been off the charts in these categories there's not good education on mental health teachers and parents aren't trained to recognize these things it's scary me as a teacher looking out at my students yeah everyone looks like they're fine and they're happy and then some tragedy will strike and you're just you're left wondering what was going on in that kid's mind that kid doesn't get to say or doesn't feel comfortable coming out and saying hey I'm anxious around people or, hey, I I don't feel worthy or worth anything. It is a scary time to be a young person. Right. And I mean, even with just you and I, like before I really talked about my mental health with you, you said that I seem fine and I don't really let on that I am having a hard day with one of my mental illnesses or anything like that. And so I think it's scary to think about who else is hiding that so well and putting on that happy face. So it's scary to think about. And I really hope that like I can learn how to deal with that as well as other people, just how to pick up on it, you know? Absolutely. I never would have assumed that you had things going on. You could probably say the same for me. Did you think that I was this super anxious human that was constantly on the edge? Do I come off that way? Absolutely not. (laughs) No. And that's the thing within you and I, and I mean, we host a podcast together, but you may not know that about someone you're really close to. And that shouldn't be the case. There shouldn't be a stigma. Right. That's just a dangerous, dangerous thing. I think for some reason, I've become easily approachable about it. And so people just really open up to me about their struggles and things like that. So I'm kind of like a therapist to a lot of the people close to me. And that's also a hard thing, like having to know how to handle other people's problems while you're not even handling your own. Definitely. No one's qualified to handle any of this. People with mental health issues are leaning on people with other mental health issues. And somehow we're supposed to make something of this. And (laughs) Kind of jumping ahead here. I don't necessarily know what the answers are. I know what the causes are, but that's something that educators and parents to be and adults in society need to look at is we need to figure out ways to identify this and help young people that are going through this because it's lonely and it's scary. I mean, people will laugh at just that phrase there because there's a social stigma around that. You're viewed as weak and no one wants to talk about it. That's the worst is some people act like there isn't a stigma around mental illness, but there totally is. Just in the high school, you can see kids like joking about cutting themselves or saying that they want to shoot themselves after a hard test. They joke about it so often that it makes you not want to actually share your feelings because it sounds like a joke. Right. Our culture undermines the seriousness of mental health issues. Other facts... Uh, It's estimated that 5 million college students per year struggle with mental health. And that, as the one of us that has been through college, that is apparent. College is tough. If you go to the right college, it's hard. And I mean, this goes for high school too. There's a lot of stress heaped on people. And if you're dealing with mental illness or mental health issues and you're getting stressed out, term papers and projects and presentations and my GPA and my class rank and all of this stuff, that doesn't surprise me a bit that the majority of college students are dealing with some sort of mental health issue. And I'm sure, like we talked about previously, I'm sure you see that amongst your peers as well from those super 
involve students that bite off a little bit more than they can chew or their parents expect a lot. And that just compounds the problem. Yeah. Just in my short four years of high school, there has been so many people choose suicide because of various reasons. And so it's definitely hard to see that so close to me, you know. But also as like the year winds down and I'm finally having to worry about my grades and worry about all of the things that I'm involved in, it's getting so overwhelming thinking about all the things I have to do to finish high school at the same time that I need to start working on things to start college. There's just absolutely so much on my plate that my anxiety is through the roofs. And my depression keeps telling me, like, it's not even worth it. You're not going to get everything done. Like, don't even try. And so it's definitely difficult being so involved. Yeah, and I see that among a lot of my students, and I do not envy any of you. I went through that, and I know how bad that is. And I feel just in the short amount of time it's been since I was in your position that those stressors and those expectations have grown even more. You guys are facing a lot, and even like the most mentally healthy student is just stressed and under a lot of pressure. Not a good model to raise a generation in. I'm sure that's been going on for years, but we're going to fry out as a society. No one's going to have a good mental frame anymore. True, true. You brought up suicide, and clearly we've gone through several of those, both you and I, as far as friends and students and people we know quite well. And that's not just us. That's a global, multi-generational problem. In fact, from 1999 to the year 2014, the suicide rate in this country has increased by 24%. That's from the Centers of Disease Control. That's huge. Wow, that's absolutely insane and heartbreaking. That's another thing that gets made fun of or those people that choose that decision, not out in the open, but get roasted or you hear a lot of like, I can't believe they did that. That's selfish. How could they ever do that? Unless you are in that position and a lot of people never get down that path. That is a dark, dark path. But unless you are in that position, you have no idea how tempting that looks. Like I said, if, you, if you're not there, you don't understand that. Yeah, it's hard. Suicide is the second leading cause of death for the age group between 15 and 34, according to the National Institute of Mental Health. Put that into context, there are a lot of ways to die, and that age group is choosing to die by their own hand. And young women millennials are pretty prone to this. Compared to Generation X, so the generation before, per 100,000 young women, uh, millennials, there'll be 6.3 suicides per 100,000, whereas in Generation X, that same age group only had 4.4 per 100,000. I mean, all signs point to this as an increasing problem. Do you feel that we're doing anything as a society or as an education system or as a group of people to fix that or help prevent that as a choice? I don't know. I think that there is a giant push from people who don't necessarily have mental illnesses that, oh, we'll just get on medication. It'll fix everything and you can think your way out of it or don't be so sad or just calm down. And I think that's a lot of what people are pushing when that's not necessarily the answer. Unless you've been anxious or have dealt with anxiety or depression, it is just so easy to say, well, just cheer up. You'll be fine. Or take these pills. This will fix it. And none of those things truly cure all of the afflictions. Right. 
that just being happy cheer up thing that's obnoxious if you find a depressed person and tell them to cheer up that does nothing at all you can love them and you can support them and that's totally fine but if they are truly depressed that's not going to fix it is there a need for pills and medication sure that can help no doubt about it but at the same time that doesn't address the underlying issue a lot of times that is a band-aid right even on my medication i still have days where i think that it's pointless for me to get out of bed or i get in such deep cloud i guess with that depression and then the same thing goes with my anxiety sometimes i guess probably that more often that i overthink things and i worry and i just can't handle simple tasks because of everything afflicting me and i'm still on medication so it's not like it fixes everything i still have those problems. And so for people to say that pills are a cure-all is really frustrating or that simply telling me like it's going to be okay, you're fine, that's not going to help either. I think that personally, my parents are really wonderful at trying to help when I need it and asking me to let them know and, and they're very supportive in that sense. And so I don't think I struggle at home getting what I need, but I don't think really anywhere else are they pushing to reform anything. I'd agree with that. I mean, as you've seen, our approach as an education system is 100% reactionary. We will wait for something terrible to happen, and then we'll talk about what we can do about it. I can't blame anyone for that as I'm part of the problem. I am an educator, but that's how you lose a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. We've got to find a way to address the issue. And some of these causes, as we'll get into here in a moment, no one can help outside of how you're raised, outside of what society is like. Some of these problems are bigger than you and I and the school system and your parents is bigger than all of us. But something needs to change. If you have this much of a generation afflicted by mental health issues, we've got to do something different or suicide rates are going to continue to climb and half the population is going to be on antidepressants and we're just going to get to this place that's joked about in media and movies and that type of thing about the Xanax generation. We're we're getting there. I don't know all the answers, but something needs to give. We've got to develop some situation to be more proactive and not so reactionary in the terms of mental support. Yeah, because, I mean, after people pass away, they bring in counselors for maybe two weeks and then it's back to normal, back to school as usual. Right. All right. Talked about the stats. Let's talk about the reasons to why millennials are in this boat. There are a bunch of them. The thing I saw the most in my research is this idea that we need to be perfect. You've heard all the stereotypes and tropes about the millennial generation, high expectations and everyone gets an award and all that stuff. And then you get out there in the real world and all that's kicked out from under you. And uh, you work really hard and you meet all the goals and all the uh, challenges that have been given to you. And then you fall flat. Obviously, that can give you some serious anxiety and mental illness. You invest all this time and money, fulfill all these goals. You went to college like your parents told you to, and now you're working retail, which you could have done without going to college. Definitely understand that. But going into college, I want to study something so that I can actually use it no matter where I go. I don't want to fail. I don't want my work to be useless. And it's constantly something I'm worried about. And I I never know if that's like what normal people are going through or if it's just me. Because sometimes I have to take a step back and think about it. Or I'll be talking with my brother who is fine mental health wise, I guess. And I'll be like, this is what I'm thinking. This is what's going through my head. And he's just shocked and has to bring me back down. And like, you don't need to be that concerned. (laughs) 
because it's not that bad. To some extent, it's not that bad. But on the other end of that, sometimes it is that bad. And you got to find that fine line of what deserves your worry. Yeah. Because not everything does, but I think our generation is facing these giant issues. Like we're not in a great place financially. I mean, even things, and we talk about this all the time on this podcast about social media and how that has screwed everyone up as far as what you see on Facebook or Twitter. Everyone's posting their happiest pictures and everyone's in a perfect relationship and you see all of these things and you're constantly comparing yourself to it, even though you're not trying to, and you may be above that, but you are by ingesting it. Yeah. You're sitting at home and being like, man, my life sucks. That's so, so hard. I've tried to start limiting myself on social media because I hold myself to those standards of perfection to all those girls who only have 10 pictures on their Instagram and 2000 followers and just seem absolutely perfect. And I'm like, wow, I wish, you know, I wish I was that pretty. I wish I was that thin. I wish I was that tan. I wish people paid attention to me. I wish I was getting these comments. That is something I am absolutely terrible with putting myself next to those people. I mean, not to throw shade at them. They are still, I'm sure, fabulous people people. It's just, I struggle to live up to that. Right. And I can just picture what people are saying to that. I mean, like, well, Abby, just don't look at that stuff. But that's not even necessarily your fault. This is just what we're exposed to. This is what we grew up with. We are just subjected to this. And this is like what they said about the generation before looking at magazines and seeing these beautiful, thin women on the cover of Cosmo and how it gives girls unrealistic expectations. You guys get that 20-fold with Instagram From a dude perspective, there's that on the other end as well, these jacked guys surrounded by beautiful girls. And you're not knowingly or willingly being like, oh my God, I'm not as good as them. But when you're subjected to that 24-7 everywhere you turn, like that seeps in your head. That is something you are constantly comparing yourself to. It even leaks its way into personal relationships and like my romantic relationships because I want to be that perfect couple that's easygoing and always seems so happy. But I struggle so much with other things that when I do have a bad day or something, I hate going to my significant other because I I don't want them to feel like they have to take care of me in that situation. And I I just want it to be simple. And so it's really hard to look at those couples that seem so perfect (laughs) and try and live up to that. The beauty of that is that couple's not perfect. They are only showing you the picture perfect moment. Like no one's going to put a picture on their Instagram of them fighting with their significant other. It's them on top of a mountain that they just climbed together. Guy down on his knee proposing, you know? Yeah. It's all about perspective and it's what we show each other and it just doesn't do a service to young people or anyone that's ingesting this in large doses. Just unrealistic expectations. Nobody saw the fight on the way up about you should carry this because I don't want to or slow down, you're walking too fast or why aren't you listening to what I'm saying? You didn't see all that. It's we're at the top of the mountain and I'm getting married and life is perfect. I'm perfect. (laughs) Exactly. Along with that, for unrealistic expectations, back to the college thing, not to deflate you before you head there, but millennials, we are the most educated generation. However, the world is saturated with education, so therefore your education means less. And as we've talked about before, a lot of millennials still live in their parents' basement and they don't have good jobs. And we were promised if we went to school and studied hard, there would be this great internship or job waiting for us. And there's not. All of that together, not good for mental health. That's a huge driver of depression right there of, shoot, I can't find a job. Or man, I am $100,000 in debt and I don't have an income. It's tough. Yeah. 
Pew Research, following a study, they had this quote, and this just stuck out. It hits me right in the feels. We are the first generation millennials in the modern era to have higher levels of student loan debt, poverty and unemployment, and lower levels of wealth and personal income than any other generation at the same stage in life. Oh my goodness. I feel like that's a bad set of things to throw into a melting pot. I don't think that's a good mix. That is a recipe to be stressed out and anxious. I mean, this is something I'm going through. I've worked for six years now, and I compare myself to my father, who didn't have the best job at any point, didn't go to college, and he supported three kids and my mom, and he was the only breadwinner. We had a decent life. We were by not any means rich. Uh, We were definitely on the lower socioeconomic end there, but he was able to support us, and he has investments and owns rental properties and has amassed a certain amount of wealth while raising three kids on a non-college degree required job. And I sit back. I don't have kids. I don't have a spouse. I don't have like ungodly costs to contend with. I live rather frugally and I'm building no wealth just to stay afloat, just to pay the bills that I have to keep my lights on and that type of thing. And granted, I'm not in the most lucrative profession, but I will never be where my father is at. And I have a master's degree and that keeps me up at night. Holistically, as a generation, we are by far in a worse position than any other generation. No wonder everyone's sad and killing themselves. This is not good. It's not our fault either, which is the dumb thing. It's not like we as a generation are paying for our mistakes. We're just suffering crappy consequences of of how society is evolving. We get crapped on all the time for being millennials. (laughs) It's not our fault that we have mental health issues and we don't have jobs and we're in student debt. We just did what you told us, mom and dad, and here we are. Oh my goodness, yeah. Some of the kids that were seniors my freshman year went on and became like welders or construction workers, and they are making bank now. For me, knowing that that's not the route that I want to go on or that would even be something that I could go on, it's kind of scary to think, well, I'll still be in school for the next four years and then I'll have to start looking for a job. I will be so far behind my peers because they got a head start, I guess. Right. We've come around full circle. It used to be you can't get anywhere without a college degree. And now it's almost the other direction is if you go into a trade, you go to the trade school for a year or get your license to weld or go work on the railroad or be a trash man even. Like those professions, no matter how non-glamorous they are, they're going to yield probably a better salary, better benefits than you or I wanting to be a teacher or going the path of a lawyer or a doctor. I mean, even those careers that are typically associated as being more lucrative, they're having their own host of issues that makes that profession maybe not the best choice when you just came out of seven, eight years of school and are in $300,000 of debt. Interesting time in society. I totally see why we are in a bad place as a generation, mental health-wise. All right, let's move on to another topic that's making the whole generation depressed. Apparently, the advent of 24-7 news cycles has messed with the mental health of our generation. I feel like some news can be really like depressing, so I guess I understand that, but it's surprising for sure. 
I think it kind of makes sense. I mean, if you're into the news or you watch a lot of it, the majority of the news coverage is obviously about not fantastic topics and you're a lot more aware of the world, which back in the past, and if you wanted to watch the news, you had to tune in at like 5 p.m. and that was your shot, you know? So now we're hyper aware of everything that's going on in the world. And for naturally anxious people, that can be problematic. You want to fix the world or change the world and then you hear all this bad stuff and there's really nothing you can do about it, but you're exposed to the information constantly. Yeah, I get like notifications from the New York Times every time they put out a new news article and it's always sad because the headlines are not very positive. For sure. If you're a natural warrior, that's going to trigger you. I think all the time about my significant other. She is super passionate about protecting the earth. Every once in a while, she'll encounter some news story about, like, the amount of plastic in the ocean, and she'll just get super upset. I relate so much because, like, I can't drink out of straws anymore, and I don't want to, like, release balloons. Oh my goodness, I feel that. And I do too. It's a terrible, terrible thing. However, it's how do you deal with that? Some people go into like a depressive spiral. Hey, we're destroying the earth. I'm not going to get up out of bed today. Whereas other people understand that that problem is bigger than them. So they're just like, okay, I'm going to stop drinking out of straws. I'm going to stop getting styrofoam cups and I'm going to be the change that I want to see in the world. But some people can't distinguish that. If you have that mental health issue, that may just send you down a terrible path about what we're doing to the planet. Oh yeah. If I'm having like one of my bad days, I'll start overthinking everything and like wow like think of all of the plastic that I've produced and what if I could start actually living a zero waste life and so that my children could see polar bears and I'm part of the reason why I'm ruining the earth and what did the earth ever do to us I will just overthink all of my actions and just be so sad about the state of which our planet is in and I'll get overwhelmed and have to stop doing something because I keep thinking so far into the future. Ugh, another consequence of us being in this spot as a generation. We freak out about things that we can't do hardly anything about. Like we can make our little changes, but is there any sense in staying up nights worrying about it? Probably not, but can we see that in the moment? No, we can't. That's so sad. All right, and the last major cause for the increase in mental health issues, the millennial generation as a whole gets married later and later and later and later than the previous generations. And supposedly that is contributing to lower levels of mental health because the theory goes, and studies have shown this apparently, that if you are married, your mental health is just better than someone that's unmarried. What do you think about that? I can see where being in a marriage would be beneficial because you have someone else, like a best friend to go through life with. So you don't have to take on all of the hard stuff by yourself. So that's... That makes sense. I agree. If you're willing to talk to that person about your anxieties and mental health issues and that kind of thing, I could see that being beneficial. But that's just a fact of our generation. We are not getting married as often, if at all. And if we are, it's way later than our parents' generation, our grandparents' generation. So summing this all up, terrible mental health in our generation. And to fix most of this, you would have to change the entirety of society. I don't think anybody really has the uh, power to do that. Correct. So, unfortunately, we will just keep medicating and pretending that everything will be all right. Wrapping this up, if you are dealing with mental health issues and you haven't talked to anybody about it, talk to someone about it. Find someone that you love, find someone that you care about, and talk to them. They will be receptive, I can guarantee you that. If you don't feel that you have that person, and you personally know Abby or I, you can definitely come talk to us. A hundred percent. There should be someone in everyone's life that you could bring these concerns to because you shouldn't go through this alone. Don't become another statistic 
in our millennial statistics on mental health. Get the help you need, talk to somebody, and enjoy life. When it boils down to it, mental illness and mental health aside, living is a cool thing, and we all should enjoy it. It's actually so cool. I love life. Life is good. I agree. All right, my dude, you got a song pick of the week for us? I'm actually going to go with one that you played at the soccer game the other day because I love this band, Hippocampus. I think that I'm going to go with their song, Buttercup, because it's such a summery vibe feeling. Uh, Since we're doing summertime fun feelings, I'm going to throw out a Blink-182 song, I suppose. I think I will go with The Rock Show. That's a fun summer, let's go to Warp Tour type of song. Oh my gosh, I love that jam. It's a good one. All right, folks, we're going to wrap this one up. Thank you all for listening to us. This was a sad, depressing episode, but it's a fact. It's what we're going through as a generation. Check us out next week. Hopefully we'll have a happier, more sunny topic for you. Keep listening. Peace out. Have a great week. Bye. Bye.